0: welcome back to right hook left jaw i am jordan we have our other host here who's beach in lavasse and it's been a couple weeks but we have the topic i think a few people have been waiting for we're going to be talking about the first presidential debate today and we haven't even spoken to each other about it so you guys are going to get to hear our opinions at the same time we're hearing each other's opinions right. so let's get into it guys what do we want to say about the first presidential debate what were your thoughts what was good what was bad uh let's just let's talk about it
1: you go ahead
2: boss <laughs> i to tell me the same thing um i didn't think it was a good debate i don't think i don't think president trump performed well i don't i don't think uh i don't think biden performed well I don't think Trump performed well. I don't think Biden performed well. Um, I just really think, you know, not to be cliche, it really boils down to what's important to you. Uh, I don't think the president has ever been the best communicator. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Trump's communication style, but I don't think that that's really what you asked. Um, I don't think anyone was probably swayed not to, you know, who was voting for Biden was swayed to vote for Trump or vice versa. Um, I saw a quote that said that there might be some middle- of the road people who probably were persuaded not to vote at all uh but i don't think between the two candidates i don't think it was a good debate but in terms of overall i definitely think that the moderator was on biden's side clearly
0: okay let's talk about the moderator let's talk about the moderator what do we think about chris wallace
1: um i thought that chris wallace was horrible mm-hmm. um i had on my social media some pretty Um, Decent critiques for President Trump. Um, I could have had plenty of critiques for Biden, but I didn't even feel important to talk about him, um, Mm -hmm. really, for the points that I was trying to express, because I wanted Donald Trump to do better. Um, I believe, for me, you know, and where I live, and the spaces in where I live for my family, I, what you just talked about, Voss, I didn't need that to happen. I needed Mm -hmm. Trump, for me, to appeal more to middle-of-the-road people, and I don't mm. think that he did that on the um, during the night of the debate. But Chris Wallace definitely continued to give, um, I think, the Democratic Party and Joe Biden layups over and right. over again, assist. Um, it felt like two against one for sure plenty of times. I'm not going to say every question, but overall I felt like it was two versus one. Jordan, what did you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. As I was watching the debate, I was like on edge the whole time. It just was like this (laughs) agitating sort of vibe, like watching the debate, that everyone going at each other, very chaotic. I don't think it made President Trump necessarily look great in the eyes of people who already don't like him. I think people who love Trump no matter what thought it was amazing. But I think most people sort of like, landed on the line of like, That was sort of a hot mess, but I do think that there were some things that Trump accomplished during the debate. Positives the negatives. Yeah, and I think there are some things that Biden probably accomplished during the the debate. But I do think the moderator for sure uh, seemed to be trying to play defense for Chris Wallace. There were opportunities um, that he had to really press uh, uh, Biden on certain topics, and he just let it slide like right off the bat when um, Trump asked Biden, do you plan to stack the Supreme Court? And Biden would not answer. And that's a very important question for Americans to know. And Chris Wallace Mm -hmm. sort of like let that slide, like it's fine if he doesn't answer, as if he's maybe not going to be the next president. We need to know that. And um, I know a lot of people are talking about like Trump was interrupting and stuff. But I went back and watched the first 10 minutes of the debate. And if you remember, Trump's first answer, Biden's first answer, very respectful, very calm, and it wasn't until they got into what was supposed to be their open debate moment that the interruption started coming from Mm -hmm. Biden and Wallace, who actually kind of started that whole thing off, and they just never got it back after that. After that, it was always just, like, chaos, and I think maybe Trump was like, you know what, I tried to do it nicely, but if y'all are gonna do this, like, gloves off, let's go, and
1: then it just kind of went crazy. And I've and I, I seen a lot of people make the point that look, when Biden and Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace did a horrible job by like propagating once again the fine people thing,
0: yes. um, you, know,
1: putting, you know, putting that question up there. I mean, it, it literally shouldn't be a part of the debate because it's not true, you know. But, you know, as far as Trump and the way that he was going, I understand. Two verse one, it could feel like that. Trump was overwhelmingly um, what I believe chaotic. More chaotic than Biden. I can, mm-hmm. again, I can say, you know, maybe you, you. I see some people, well, you know, he can't allow the lies to come out. So, of course, when somebody's like lying on you, you're like, nah, I'm gonna shut this down right now. But in the space of a debate, you're going to kind of have your time maybe be a little patient, but he didn't want to be. He wanted to shut things down right when they were said, but it's the way, it depends on the way that you look at it. But if you're a lot of people in the middle, they don't really understand that they're lies. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you just, you know, kind of come at this and approach this a little differently, you can shut it down in a better way with the people um, in the middle will more be able to receive it rather than you just looking disruptive. Mm -hmm.
2: I, I, I would even go as far as to say, Um, That's what a political debate is. Most of the time people are characterizing people in a way that the other person doesn't agree with. So one politician says something about someone, they may not be quote unquote lying, but you may disagree with the characterization that they're making about your policy or about your record on this or that there's no excuse. That's what debate is. You have to wait until it's your turn. One or two interruptions might be understandable, right? Like you got to get, get that in sometime. That's natural. I see that no matter what the debate is about, what the context, but I think Trump got a little thin skinned as is, you know, I want to interject and talk about that communication style thing. Uh, two things about Trump. One is I don't think Trump is a very good explainer in general Hmm. because, and I think that that hurts him and helps him. I think that when he talks, people think he sounds crazy and sometimes stupid, but then later you find out what he was saying was accurate. He's like, we're going to look into light, putting light in the blood, disinfectant in the blood, light. Ah, he's crazy. No, there's a UV ray treatment for disinfecting your blood. Right? There's so many things I look back over the past three years that sounded like, why did he say that? And But the information had merit. Mm-hmm. Now to the other side, the flip side is, that's also what causes him to get underestimated sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, how does he keep knocking out these wins out of the park? It's because he knew what he was talking about three to six months ago when he said, it's going very well, we're having good talks, we're talking, things are going well, progressing some things. You're like, he doesn't have any plan. Meanwhile, the meeting might've just been fire. So six months later, when it's like world peace, you're like, oh, how did he do that? So that, I think that works in, um, in his favor and also not in his favor. One thing he is good at, that I believe that he was not able to display is he is good at pointing to what he has done and exalting it. Mm -hmm. I think he could have done a much better job of just saying, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, he's good at that. But I think the sensitivity got in the way. Even with the black community, I think he had so much more that he could have said Uh, that he did, you know, that he contributed at least, if not straight for black people, that has contributed to the well-being of the African American community.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think he definitely missed some opportunities to really uh, lay out for people his accomplishments and and his achievements. He did have some segments where he did pretty good, you know, talking about like basically all of America's law enforcement has um, endorsed him, which is something that's important to people who have had their communities totally like, you know, havoc has wreaked there for months. They want to see that. And he was good at backing Biden into a corner and being like, how many law enforcement endorsements do you have? And Biden's like, eh. and he's like, we'll wait, we have time. And he didn't right. have any. And I right. know for like suburban women, that's really important issue for them because they want to feel safe in their community. So he missed some opportunities to clearly explain things, especially like coronavirus, his response, his team's response, which, actually was pretty incredible and unprecedented but he'll even admit that the pr that they've done on their response hasn't been that great because you well and they have the entire media like continually Mm. keeping people in fear about you know coronavirus and never talking about actually like our country is doing better than most of the countries in the world they don't Uh want you to know that but his pr hasn't been very well very good on Mm that um I think he missed opportunities to debunk a lot of the lies, Meech, like you talked about. They did the freaking fine people hoax again, like yeah, we're exactly. going on however many times Biden keeps doing this. And Chris Wallace actually framed the question right. with that. So that's annoying, um, the injecting bleach hoax, he didn't debunk that very well. Um, and then the whole never condemning white supremacist thing, he kind of like fumbled that moment too. Yeah and he could have talked a lot more about what his administration has done for minorities and I think sometimes the chaos of the whole thing just didn't allow clear communication to come out and I wonder too like if that was even the best form of having a debate like two minutes two minutes and then open discussion I really wanted more of the open discussion because it seemed like Every time Trump was about to get a point and get kind of hammer Biden into a corner on a lie or an issue, Chris Wallace would swoop in, save him and be like next segment and totally like make that whole two minute back and forth thing void because it's like that's what people want. I want to see them go at it verbally a little bit because I want to hear them get to that stress point where they can communicate.
1: It's like they never get to expound on a point that they make. Right. They just have just enough time to make the point. but yeah. to break And, ex- excuse me, to
2: when yes. you say that, after the first point, they're usually spending half of the first minute debunking what the person said before.
1: Yes, yes. So, yeah, I, I do um, um, see that, Jordan. It doesn't allow uh, enough of open space. But, yeah, he, um, so, so for me, for me, um, waking up every single day, um, trying to get people, black people, um, everywhere that I am to be like, yo, consider another option other than the Democratic Party, period. Like, right. that's where I am. Everybody knows that I am where I am. I've made it very, very um, clear that I am strictly more anti-Democrat Party than I am anything whether it was Trump in office, whether it was somebody else in office, I'm probably going to lean more to that side based on my conservative views right. and the crazy radical left and liberal, liberalism, I'm attacking that at all points. So for me, when you come to the black community, I'm trying to convince the black community to give this man a chance, give him an option. And all right. he had to do was really stay consistent, even though it was kind of crazy when you first hit it, heard it. Right. Hey, African-Americans, your, your, your schools are blah, blah, blah. What right. other L shot do you got? Sounded crazy at first, but right. why? Why in the world is Trump receiving more support of the black vote than other Republicans have rather right. other Republic like what's happening what's going on he should have been able to capitalize on all that but just mm-hmm. by stating what his administration has done most money sent to HBCUs you know, mm-hmm. the Black ec- ec- the economy plan with the platinum plan that he has. That actually sounds real good when I ran- when I read through it. Raising mm-hmm. and supporting the pro-life platform, prison reform. None of those things were on display. Mm-hmm. And those are good things. Those are the things that's breaking into Black conservatives, that's, that's giving them the confidence to talk to their family members about, you know, these things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I just believe that he could have stayed there, but he was too focused on... One of his wins, though, was at the expense of this. He was too focused on painting Biden into that corner that you're not really for the left. You're not really mm. for, you know, you don't. With need this to. radicalism, like, exactly. like trying to make him say either you're for it or you're not. Exactly. Like, and he was too focused on that. But he did win in that regard in some context. But he mm. failed yeah. um, and fumbled some of those questions with being too focused on battling Biden Which is kind of obviously a part of the debate, but also appealed to the American people a little better than just focus on um snatching Biden's soul. (laughs) I I think part of it was because he was just too angry. Mm. I I think that I think that that's
2: a tendency that comes with anger. I think that you don't think straight when you're offended, you know, when you're when you're when you're kind of in attack mode on the response. I think it makes it hard to think clearer. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, he might've let his ego get in the way because we've heard him bust down things before. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. like I said, when if anything he knows how to brag on, he knows how to tout his accomplishments very clearly. He has no, you talk about Trump, I, I talk about Trump not always being a good explainer. He's always good at explaining that. Mm-hmm. He's like, we came in, we did this, bomb, bomb, bomb. He wasn't even himself in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that he was true. greatly offended. By Biden, and you—you know—one of the most incensed moments of the debate was when he, he kind of—he—he he, he didn't threaten Biden, but he definitely took more of a gangster role. He said, "Did you just say smart?" Yeah. He said, "Don't yeah. ever use that yeah. word with me." Yeah. Now yeah. I know that's not proper form and all that, but I was like, "Yeah," you know yeah, what I'm saying? That was because tough. you can tell he was so incensed and took that so personally. I thought I thought that was funny, but I, I think Trump's offense got in the way. Um, because I've seen, like I said, if you're talking about what's happened already, Trump is very good at that, and he and he wasn't on, he wasn't on his game, he was he wasn't even on his a game, even even not being the best communicator.
0: I think it's got to be tough, you know. Like you've spent four years, you clearly have all the media against you. You have all the Democrats lying on you all the time, trying to ruin your life. Multiple coups, fake impeachment. Yeah. Yep. Every time some truth comes out about your opponents, they cover it up. And here you are standing on a debate stage with one of the people who helped to engineer a coup against you and is lying. There's a lot of
1: personal stuff underneath. Right, that's true too.
0: And uh, Chris Wallace is clearly playing defense for this guy. 100%. And sort of like, all right, let's do it then. Like, you want to get into it? Let's do it. And I think, you know, something that he was successful in displaying is people know Trump is Trump, right? They know he's going to pop off or whatever he's going to get in his feelings. Yeah. Everyone wants to present Biden as like, if you vote for Biden, everything will just go back to normal. Everything will be dignified in politics again. Unbelievable. Biden's the first person to tell Trump to shut up, called him a clown, called him a racist so you know trump was successful i think and maybe that was his strategy get it a little chaotic to where biden's stressed and stress reveals who you are right so biden mm. is showing his cards he's not as dignified as people say he's yeah. not the nice guy he's yeah. he's a he's a politician and he's spent yeah, the yeah. whole debate doing the pol- politician speak looking into the camera at the american people which is kind of a, a good tactic, an effective it is. tactic. It
1: is. Let's be honest. But
0: then you get especially rid- when you're yeah. listening to an
2: earpiece. you can't <laughs> yeah. you can't really you, you know, you know, I was watching a body language video just like and it made a good point. It's the same reason you turn away from a person to take a phone call to disengage with that person yeah. to focus on what you're listening to. So yeah, I'm I'm not saying Biden wore an earpiece, I'm just cracking a joke. hmm Yeah.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, um, right. yeah. Well, let's now let's get into like the meat of the chaos and we touched on it, but the proud boys and the whole white supremacy, not debunking it, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So proud of your me, boy. <laughs> right. Let me let me first say this, that right off the bat, when I saw it, I was disappointed. Uh, because I know he missed an opportunity now, if you're like us, the three people here, you know that he 's condemned white supremacy plenty of times. you know it 's nothing 20. yeah, you know you know you know it's nothing, you know, but you know that there's so many people misinformed, so many people out there uh, waiting with bated breath for this question. This is the question of the night, right. whether anybody agrees or not. this is the question of the night, right. and um, I am very upset. With the way that Chris Wallace framed this freaking question, it was framed. It was It was a setup from the beginning. It was a setup, right? And and if all things being
2: equal, if all things being equal, if you want to equalize it, then he should have said, "Will you condemn BLM and Tifa and domestic terrorism?" Yeah, I'm sure someone who supports Black Lives Matter will be like, oh, wait, how did you just conflate? Wait, wait, oh wait, wait, exactly, right?" That's so. So he he framed the question by saying, "Will you condemn?" white supremacists and right-wing militia groups i know right-wing militiamen that would have me and my family over for dinner before they would a white liberal so to even conflate those things from the outset is is deceptive it's It's wildly deceptive not to mention i just saw this morning a video four years ago he asked trump the same question chris wallace so you know what's up this is your tactic crazy stuff man so I, i think trump answered it poorly um, but I also know that Trump was also being baited because yeah. now you can take that and run with it tomorrow. But I think, I think, Trump, I think Trump missed an opportunity because he did say, sure. Mm-hmm. He said, are yeah. you willing to condemn? He said, sure. Who? Who are you talking about? Who are you talking right. about? And, and here's the thing where I told someone this morning, I said, I can't fault people for seeing something the way that they see it, but it doesn't mean that I have to agree in this. We have to step back and be real that and acknowledge that we are talking about the person who locked a bunch of Black people up and a person who let them out. Mm
0: -hmm. So at
2: some point, you you have to put your, let's just say I accept the premise that he did not condemn white supremacy, fine. You still have to put that on the scale with the Opportunity Zones, the HBCU money and the criminal justice reform. You can't just say, oh, look, look what that proves. Well, if that's what we're doing, yeah. then what does the actions prove? What do the actions prove? What are the policies that have benefited Black people prove? And I, and I, I don't it, think most people are going you, to do that, but I think that that's really unfair. So people I'll, I'll give care. Trump his... I'll let Trump wear what he needs to wear for answering the question poorly, I yeah. believe. But at the, at, at the end of the day, we are talking about the person who authored the crime bill, stands by it, uh, uh, said he's proud of it to this day, and we got the guy who undid mandatory minimums and things like that. And so Trump 2020.
0: mm
1: Yeah. um, and, And what you said earlier, you said, you know, if we're not looking at the policies, then what are we doing? The fact is, many aren't looking at the policies. They don't want to. They don't care. My problem is you cannot care all you want, but don't spread lies. Don't spread propaganda. People don't understand that. I have to say, I apologize for this. I mischaracterize the Proud Boys because I know you guys know a lot about the Proud Boys, looking into them, things like that. I don't, I haven't. So when I put on my Facebook that they're similar to Antifa, I gotta take that back. They're not at all. Once I did my research and things like that, they're similar to Antifa in the sense that they go, they can rally for their side and fight. They go head to head. Mm -hmm. But they don't incite violence alone. And they don't burn down cities, so there's no way that they can be no equivalent, truly, right? Truly compared to Antifa, they're totally different. Secondly, after doing my research, y'all, they don't look like white supremacists. I mean, I do know that white supremacy, racism, and all these things take on different meanings. They're ex- absolutely shallow, almost un irrelevant words and terms at this point because people have abused the real meanings behind them at this point if you don't if you disagree with black lives matter and you're white you are a white supremacist right. so you know but i do want to just put that out there that i did mischaracterize them and if you look up the proud boys i implore any of you don't just google it mm-hmm. don't just you can't tr- you can't just trust google these days because google's in the b- bid with the left anybody should know that that's easy money mm-hmm. do your own research look out to people, try to find, to listen to people that you don't just ordinarily listen to that's been on your side or, you know, on the other, on the liberal side, listen to other pundits, listen to other people and really try to get a clear crystal view of who these people are.
2: And and the chairman of the, for the record, for anyone who doesn't know, the chairman of the the, uh, Proud Boys was created, founded, might be, you know, founded, created by Gavin McGinnis. The chairman of the Proud Boys is a Cuban brown guy from Florida named Enrique Tarrio. Mm -hmm. I don't think that white supremacists let brown people lead them. Mm -hmm. I just don't think. There's black people in the Proud Boys. There's Proud Boys of all different kinds of races. They're a fraternity, and they're definitely down to get it cracking. They're not nonviolent, but neither am I. Um, But yeah, I, I, I in no way would characterize the Proud Boys as a a racist organization in any way. Now there are racists in the organization from what I hear. I've heard firsthand account from two different places um, that the Proud Boys came, uh, people came under the banner of Proud Boys and did this or that, um, but I can't account for that. That's not what I've seen. I'm in the Proud Boys, I'm in a couple of Proud Boys like chat rooms and stuff like that. And you see the conversation and people come in there sometimes say racially off color things. And you know, you see people respond to it and push back and say, that's not what this is. The Proud we, we don't stand for that. And Uh so Proud Boys are pro-America, pro-family, and they they consider themselves Western misogynists, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and uh, we posted a video on our Instagram, the right hook left jaw Instagram, of a couple of black street evangelists, Bevelyn Beatty and uh, her friend, and they're basically saying, God bless the Proud Boys uh, because we were out street evangelizing and these guys provided security for us. And they were actually encouraging us to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Proud Boys were the ones protecting us and making it possible for us to preach the gospel while, you know, this mob is all surrounding us. And so, yeah, I would just say for Christians, you know, it's so easy to just ride this media wave of, of information, not realizing that information is controlled by gatekeepers. It's controlled by people right. with an agenda. They want you to think certain things. And that's why you see a bunch of Christians who are like, President Trump will never condemn white supremacy. President Trump thinks Proud Boys are, are okay. And it's like, you clearly aren't really doing research right. for yourself or else you would know like the truth about these things. And- you know, that whole moment was just so chaotic, uh, and I had to go back and watch it and actually read the transcript, and Chris Wallace really, I think that was a setup. I think that was a setup because he asked him, will you condemn white supremacists and militia groups? Trump says, sure, and he says, and will you discourage them from adding to the violence in places like Portland? Well, well Chris Wallace, who's causing the violence in Portland? Why are you worried about Proud Boys doing a march in Portland when Antifa has been burning the city down for over 100 days? Why are you not talking about that? Why is the whole question framed this way? And why is Biden allowed to say Antifa is an idea? Unbelievable. Antifa is an idea? What kind of idea has uh, uniforms, shields, bailout funds, international transportation funds, Pays there are people who come out and and smash stuff and kill people in the streets. What kind of idea is that? Like, this is a left wing talking point. This is why you know so many people think that we have peaceful protests because they don't tell the truth. They don't tell. The and, may, truth and, maybe, and maybe and
2: maybe Trump did better than maybe Trump did better than I thought because as you bring that up, I forgot about that part. Like, antifa is an idea not to the people whose businesses are being destroyed and their relatives and friends and social circles. They understand that Antifa is much more than that. Right. And um, so, yeah, yeah, the, the moderator was definitely uh, protecting Joe Biden to the max.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and, that, and that, when you look at it from that objective viewpoint, I mean, like I said, at first I was dejected. I mean, I had to go Facebook Live and just talk about like how dejected I was from Trump's performance. But then when you break down all of these things you get more of an objective viewpoint and you can sit back and be like, yeah, I I do not think that it was a great performance at all. Um, but at the same time, when you have, so you got to really be awake to a lot of this stuff to be as objective as the three of us can be about, right? Because if 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 you're you're not informed, how objective can you be? Exactly. So when you understand that Antifa is literally burning down cities, and you understand that something, somebody, uh, a group like the Proud Boys is actually somewhat of a reaction to Antifa. Like They are. Like, one of their main objectives is to stand up for America, which people believe that is racist and white supremacist in itself. This is why we can't really listen to a lot of you guys out there who think to be pro-America is racist. They stand for American principles as far as freedom, the same freedom that they want given to whites, blacks, people of all colors. That's what the what the majority of what the proud boys, from what I've understand and looked into, is standing for. So again, when Trump is up there and they're asking him about this, he's like, okay, yeah, I can, I can condemn, but condemn what though? Because we all know in conversation, debate, regular conversation, whether it's good or bad, clarity is very important, but for Trump it's not. It's not important for him to clearly know what you're trying to ask there because Trump's smart enough to realize that question is very convoluted. Maybe I was a little slow to realize that the conver- that, that question was convoluted. I knew it was fishy, but Trump knew right off the back. That's what he's like, what do you want to talk? Who, who are you talking about? Right. And you right. want him to condemn the Proud Boys? as white supremacist why would he do that when he doesn't believe that they're white supremacists or don't or either one one or two things and i hand it back to y'all one he doesn't know who the proud boys is which is possible but Mm -hmm. i think so i think he does know what the proud boys is so so why would he condemn something he doesn't know and secondly why would he condemn the proud boys as white supremacist when he doesn't know when they're not and many other black white supremacist organizations not what they stand for it's not what they're pushing it's not you know
2: they 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 welcome all creeds colors races
1: sexual orientations and everything and you guys out there are so desperate so desperate that you can hear us say this right now that you may have to rethink that the proud boys are white supremacist but you're so desperate for what you want to know and understand about donald trump that you'll you'll just run with it you'll just run with it listen i
2: I i teach my children that being smart is a choice I teach them that being uh, stupid is a choice. I don't relegate it to how well you do on a test or anything like that. I teach my kids that studying for a test is smart, not studying for a test is stupid. So this is not a fixed position, right? But if you still believe that Trump called uh, white supremacists very fine people, you're stupid. Yeah, You're stupid. You're not someone who's taken the time. This is a transcript. You can go read the transcript from four, three, I four know. years ago. You're not an informed person. And you don't really care to be. You know, again, I, I've told this story. I've had people argue with me, you know, when, and when I showed them evidence, they tell me, no, it was a different press conference. But, you know, what What can you do? There's only so much you can do for people who are not willing to hear or be open to a different perspective. And, e- and even that, with, when you ask that question and you say, uh, are you willing to condemn the right-wing militia groups? It's not unrealistic. Oh, here's what I was going to say. In this day and age... What's being called racism and white supremacy is a lot of silly stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, like you, you have, a, there was an African-American history museum that said white culture is things like being on time and punctual. And it's like,
0: mm-hmm. the work.
2: racial conversation is, what'd you say, Jordan? I'm sorry.
0: And hard work. They call that whiteness.
2: Hard work was whiteness and to expect the fruits of your life. All kind of stuff that just seems like normal human ambition is relegated. So the racial conversation is super colluded right now. Yeah. The doctrine of the, of this, of the uh, 1619 Project, you know, it has these ideas. In it, what, oh, it's, it's so funny. You know what's funny? I would think that would be a big conversation too, that there's this racial sensitivity training that Trump is trying to get out of the schools, but the white supremacist comment stole the night. But it's almost like, even in that doctrine, they're saying like, if you're white, racism is inherent in you, Mm -hmm. right? So when you say racist and you start categorizing stuff, I think clarity is much more important in this time. And again, I'm not giving Trump a pass. I don't think he answered it well, but again, stepping back and seeing more of a context, I also understand why he answered like that at the same time.
0: Yeah, and you brought up the fact of the the racial sensitivity question. That, once again, was another setup because Chris Wallace asked Trump, why did you ban racial sensitivity training from the government and from the military? Trump didn't ban racial sensitivity training. Trump right. banned critical race theory Race training, theorem, which
2: is a yeah. thing, right.
0: Which is a right. completely different thing. And now right. you have people out here saying, why would he ban racial sensitivity training? That's racist, no. Right do you know what critical race theory teaches it teaches like what you're talking about putting all the white people in a room making them write pledges to disavow their their unconscious biases and and ask forgiveness for the things their ancestors have done it's Man. racist it's and that's what, what, a what weak way to live. it's tr-
1: completely it's completely broad brushing it's not you know judge me on the context of my character just judge me it's literally the opposite of it's racism. Race. It's racist. The great Martin Luther King, who said, "Do not judge me by the contents. I mean, by my, the color of my skin, but the contents of my character." But white people don't get afforded that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I mean, it's such an infer- inferiority complex that you believe that white people are so subconsciously different from you that they would need that, and you don't. Like mm. like they're so powerful in stature and status that they need to be broken down, but you don't need anything about your pride or whatever flaws that you or biases that you may have. It's such a weird complex and I too reject that. Of sure there's probably some some things inside of it that are on point to some degree, but there's plenty of it that is not on point at all. I don't want my children learning things about this. I could teach them about racism. Let me do it. Not And FYI
2: FYI when the 1619 project came out with critical race theory in it and all of that the author got pushed back I think there's more than one but one main author got pushed back from people on the right and left side of the aisle mm-hmm. history professors um, uh, across the country from different walks of life mm-hmm. and she got pushed back so hard on what she said she had to admit that this was not history but that it was journalism mm-hmm. it was on record i saw the woman say this she was forced to that because a lot of what's in it is subjective and opinion it's editorial mm-hmm. it's not history but again a lot of people don't even know they just hear he banned critical race theory what's that oh it just help black people oh he's racist now nah, you mm, need yeah. to be a little bit more diligent than that to find out what's really going on because I think it was Noam Chomsky, I think we quoted this before, he said, listen, the, one of the first rules of propaganda is to come up with something that when people disagree with it, they sound evil, mm. right? Like Planned Parenthood, why would you be against that? Like who doesn't want to help the family? Mm. What do you mean black, li- black lives don't matter to you? Right, yeah. so, so a lot of, a, a lot of but, devilish, wicked, unjust, crooked things are framed in these nice little boxes that don't really reflect the depth of what they are so that when people reject them they're like oh you're rejecting this concept mm-hmm. no homie that thing doesn't truly embody or reflect that concept so that's what i'm rejecting
0: yeah and we've we've obviously learned that too about you know black lives matter the organization mm-hmm. Which people, you know, don't understand. How could you reject it? That's not what we're rejecting. We're rejecting everything else behind the banner of what they say it is. And, um, you know, an interesting thing that's kind of came up since after the debate is a clip from 2016 of Chris Wallace um, asking Trump the exact same question at a debate. Will you condemn white supremacy? And Trump says yes. So it's like, why are we in 2020 and you're trying to do the exact same thing with the setup, you know, right. like, he's done this before. And I feel like, you know, I don't know if people have seen that interview with Morgan Freeman and actually Chris Wallace's father, Mike Wallace, who was, I didn't uh, know that.
1: that was Chris at- Wallace's father. Wow.
0: Mike Wallace is Chris Wallace's father and he is sort of like, you know, just known in the news business. He -hmm. interviewed Morgan Freeman years and years ago and basically says, you know, what is the solution to racial issues? And Morgan Wallace says, stop calling me black. I'll stop calling you white. And Mike Wallace sort of pushes back against that. And he's like, let's just stop talking about it all the time. Let's just be humans. And the fact that we're always doing this, like racial conversation, um, it doesn't really help things. It kind of creates more division and all of that. And I felt like the debate when you kind of go back and look at the content of the questions, uh, like a large percentage of the questions were racially charged and racially, you know, pointed and while leaving out a ton of other issues that matter to America. So here we are after the debate once again in this endless feedback loop of Trump is racist, racism, and it's just like, I think that some people they, they, uh, they're doing it on purpose. They know this is what riles people up so they just right. keep us continually talking about it. And then you know the actual true issues with racial disparity and issues, are not ever able to be a oh, no. just continually doing this yeah. cycle yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, and what on purpose and what happens mm-hmm. is when you take such big leaps to always talk about racism put racism aside of everything you mm-hmm. lose the true change in value of being mm-hmm. able to change what is actually racist and what is mm-hmm. actual white supremacy mm-hmm. and biases um and um forms of different privilege and things like that all those things get convoluted and the real issues never get dealt with but the other side is content with that because again as long as you are afraid of donald j trump we may win this election and that's all we really care about that's why Mm -hmm. i take the stances that i take people ask me like man you a christian hip hop rapper yo you know you you a preacher and you do all these things that's beyond politics why in the world would you jump on this this banner to kind of defend trump and defend blah 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 I tell people all the time, it's not even that I'm defending Trump all the time. I'm defending defending logic and I'm defending us. I'm defending the people from fear mongering because what Mm -hmm. they don't understand, like Biden, I don't give a crap about what Biden say. He don't affect me emotionally. Biden Biden do not affect me emotionally, especially Mm -hmm. by some of the things that he may say. Mm -hmm. I tell you what's going to affect me more by what he pushes and policy is what's going to affect me more. And people don't understand that. People don't understand right. that. They're so wrapped in, in rhetoric um, and, and it, it's causing a scare, it's causing a panic in the black community. A person gets killed on the street, white person right. kills a, 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 a person in, tre- in the street. You got LeBron, people with the status of famous people. I want to right. say LeBron James, because I don't want to throw that on him. He's actually never done that. But you you talk about Cardi B, he said, who says that Trump laughs when black people get killed by police. Right. Never happened. Right. Has never happened. There's never no evidence happened. evidence right. You know what I'm saying? So a black person get killed in the street by a police officer. Oh, that's Trump's fault. And I have friends. Last thing I'll say, I have friends, close friends and family members who will get up on social media and say, um, Donald Trump is, is, is the reason why black people are not getting ahead. It's because we elect people like him and blah, blah, blah. And just like, man. So that's why. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know anything on.
2: about not getting ahead. My life is in my own hands and God's.
1: And, mm-hmm. and right, and I'm getting a hit a lot, and, and 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 you know what's crazy? The same people run it are, up,
2: Meeks. Nah.
1: You know, the same people that are saying this are like heads of like businesses making like ninety to. Bro, that's the weird 000, thing. One hundred and ten thousand dollars a year, making way more money than I am. But
2: yo, you know, let, let me tell you guys something that happened yesterday. So you guys know I work with young people in school capacity, different times or whatever. So yesterday, oh, I can't believe I we should have brought. I'm, this is a perfect time to bring this up. They start talking about police and getting pulled over. And um, I tell them, I don't really have problems with the police. Oh, you're getting lucky. I'm like, nah, you got to learn how to deal with law enforcement. And they got quiet. They don't know what to say to that. I'm black. They don't know every side of me. It all depends on what you see. You might get the hood boss. These kids bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, right? So, they they feel like that's a little strange. So, they went off into their own world, and they begin to talk amongst themselves. One kid says, yo, when it first happened, I thought he was a football player, George Floyd. It sounded like he played football. Casual conversation. And then another kid says, who was he? Listen to this, my brother and my sister. A kid says, probably about, let's see, seven kids. One kid says, yo, I think he, I think he was a, a pastor or something. And the kid says, word? He said, yeah, like he was a pastor. He started a church. None of them refute it. None of them refute it. And, th- and that's not to say that George Floyd deserved to die or any of that, but, like, how narratives get spun out of control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I ask you guys this question. Do you guys think uh, – you guys know what public relations is, right? Like PR, right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys think PR is evil? Hmm. Yeah. I- right. They're like, we're boss about to go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So let me say why I say that. Because it goes back to this idea of framing things in a way that people can't disagree with. Edward Bernays Mm -hmm. was Sigmund Freud's nephew. He was the first person to take psychological ideas and commercialize them in advertising. Originally, it was called propaganda. That's just what it was called, right? You know what he said? He said, listen, propaganda has a negative stigma. So you know what we're going to call it? Public relations. Wow. Edward Bernays, he single handedly created the PR industry wow. off of propaganda. It's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So just because they use a celebrity doesn't mean that the ta- tactics and the psychology have changed. There's a great documentary, we'll probably link to it in the bio if you're listening to this on YouTube. But I- I'm just saying that to say, don't let what, don't, it's like a headlines, don't let headlines and titles stop you from digging into what's really going on with some of the stuff that people are pushing.
0: Yeah, in fact, you can use those titles to be like, what are they trying to teach me here? What are they trying to spin here? You know, they call it spin, you know? I mean, all of us do PR every day on our own social media and our own brands and whatever. Of course. And it can be good and it can be bad. It's it's useful to be able to tell your story in a way that is Mm -hmm. compelling to people so they can understand who you are, what you're Mm -hmm. about, right? But mm-hmm. it becomes evil when it's used to deceive and to, and to lie. And
2: to manipulate. Mm-hmm. It's
0: unfortunate that most of our media is, is controlled by very few uh, companies and therefore control the information mm-hmm. that we all receive every day. And so mm-hmm. even reading you know, conservative news or whatever, you can always kind of just look at it from that lens of like, what are they trying to communicate to me here? And right. what are they leaving out and all of that? Right.
2: Um, where, where, where are they trying to take me?
0: Yeah, like what is what is this about? And even so, even the debate itself had some of that in there, just with the framing of the questions. Where are they trying to lead us here? Um, but I do want to talk about some of like the pros of the debate. Like what you guys think Trump did well. Um, what you think some of the wins of wins were for the debate? And I'll start with one. Um, you know, with all the questions that were posed. Chris Wallace never wanted to bring up some very, probably the biggest political scandal in American history, which is Russia collusion, a yeah, hoax by gate. Um, the fact that Trump was impeached in January over a phone call to Ukraine, while never mentioning just recently Joe Biden's son, a Senate report comes out that he received $3.5 million wire transfer from the wife of Moscow's mayor. So for our Russia-obsessed media who spent three years talking about this, they couldn't be bothered to tell people that the son of the former vice president received $3.5 million from Moscow. And uh, I felt like Trump did a good job on getting mm. some of that out, interjecting some of that. Maybe for the first time, some people heard some of this, even though Chris Wallace sort of like changed the subject. But all you have is Biden saying, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Right. And it's like, really? Because it is true. No,
2: the scary. Burisma Hunter Biden, that's pretty decided. And, you yeah. know, so, so when you say that, if you talk about good things, Um, I think that just as I can sit here personally as an individual and say I'm supporting Trump, but here's what I think he did poorly. I think that if you if you are against Trump and you think he did poorly, you should also be able to say uh, with clear conscience and be honest that the moderator was playing to Biden Mm -hmm. because he did not push Biden back on anything that would make Biden look bad. But he pushed back on white supremacy, though. Why you didn't push back on Antifa?
1: Mm-hmm. He pushed
2: yeah. back on Trump about, uh, uh, about Corona, but he didn't push back on Biden about Barris Moore or Hunter or any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I mean, you know, but I, I, he didn't touch corruption at all. But it definitely seems like what Chris Wallace was choosing to push back on with whom it was very selective. And so mm-hmm. this is not about I'm not saying Trump did poorly because of Chris Wallace. Because a good communicator and a person of better poise and more composure would have still done well under that kind of uh, scrutiny and fire. So I hope that everybody can look at the debate and be honest to say the moderator had a side. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though that doesn't answer your question about what was positive, um, I I just thought that was worth reiterating. Positives, he got to make a very strong accusation that's not going away anytime soon. You try to say I was corrupt. We got you all on tape. We got all of you. Yes. First of all, look at that part of the video anybody watching. Biden didn't know what he was going to say. He like Trump was like, we got them all. We got them. We got them on tape. Biden was like, yeah.
0: We got you. We caught you. Right.
2: And they they did. And so I I think that Trump was able to put some things into the air that won't go away. Mm -hmm. Right. Because social media won't let them go away, so hopefully down the line those things will become advantageous to his campaign. I want to see another four years of Trump in office. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would say that uh, it, it probably is a very underrated part of the uh, debate, but the reason why I believe it's one of the ones the points that stand out is because it's when Trump seemed the most reasonable or calm or whatever. Maybe "reasonable" is the wrong word, but calm executing his thoughts when they talked about climate change oh he bodied that that. yeah man yeah big time about that yeah the way that he brought down like those the, the the forest fires and things like that and the reason why those things are happening and what we're failing to do the reason why some of the climate issues are happening and taking place I believe that was a very big 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 positive that may go under the radar if you're on the side of like you know let's not panic for climate change and if you're wondering why the heck you know, California keep on having all these fires that is actually whether you stand on right or left, liberal conservative, that's a bad thing, you mm-hmm. know, and and needs to be taken care of. One other positive I believe I can mention um more um positives, but um again, I mentioned it earlier. Painting Biden um painting Biden as somebody who is not really genuine in his position
0: mm-hmm. as
1: the uh political uh face candidate for the democrats mm-hmm. trump you know what he is you know where he's at you kind of know where he stands where he's like biden what you want to do with this you're not far left you're not radical you you don't belong here right. and if you were a uh, uh, maybe you are a leftist raging radical leftist and you're sitting back and you know right. i doubt any of those individuals will be listening to this podcast maybe hopefully. Right, right. But maybe maybe you think to yourself, like, yeah, maybe he isn't the right candidate for us because, Mm -hmm. no, Biden is not willing to go as far as a lot of them are going. And um, Mm -hmm. Trump was pointing that out.
0: Yeah. And I think um, Dan Bongino, who I believe is former Secret Service uh, person who was like Mm -hmm. one of Hillary Clinton's Secret Service and now is like a conservative commentator. He kind of explained Trump as like the shark in the water on that because he was able to pose some questions to Biden as far as where do you truly stand on the Green New Deal,
1: mm, which right. is basically Ooh, yeah.
0: an insane socialist, you know, well, actually the, you know, the authors of it, they said it was a climate change plan. But then they later said it was really their attempt to kind of create socialism in our country.
2: Right. They banned- fundamentally changed the United States.
0: Oh, yeah. And and Biden said at the debate, no, I don't support the Green New Deal on his Website, he absolutely supports. Said he it. did, right? And so does his vice president on the record multiple times. Mm-hmm. So if you were a far leftist watching that, and Biden says no, I don't support it, he might have lost some some of his base right then. And same mm-hmm. with um, the socialist takeover of medicine, mm-hmm. right. and also bringing up the super pres- predator comments from the 90s with the crime oh, right. bill. You know, Trump <laughs> did a good job in that regard of getting Biden to go on the record, what is your true stance on things? Because you right. keep right. saying it's this, but now you're saying it's not. And if mm-hmm. you were a far leftist hoping for Biden to you know, deliver your socialist agenda, he just said he's not gonna do it, so.
1: Right. Uh, okay, well, let me, um, let me do this. So what do you guys expect? Or what do you want to see? In the next debate and i don't know if we want to kind of use this as kind of final thoughts mm-hmm. portion but what do you want to see in the next debate
2: i want to see trump play to his strengths mm-hmm.
1: um
2: i would like to see trump play to his strengths uh-huh. and i think his strengths are touting the accomplishments that are behind him which he has the opportunity as the incumbent to do mm-hmm. i think he could i think trump could have spent the night Um, I think the Burisma attack was good. A couple other things, climate change, like you said, Um, bringing some uh, uh, parody to things that seem like, oh, we got to do this. He's like, well, well, first we got to manage the forest. I like that. I think he's good at presenting practical ballot solutions and showing what he and how he's approached things practically. I'd like to see Trump do more of that because I think that there are some things, again, When I'm out in the streets talking to people, oh, by the way, I went to a rally that was pro-Trump and I spoke at the rally right behind Dr. Stella the other day. That was pretty good. We'll put some uh, footage up on... um,
0: I saw that. uh, That was
2: awesome. Right, right. Praise God. And so I I think that um, when I talk to people and I go point by point, there's very little that people disagree with. When I start asking them about Trump's policies point by point by point, I don't get much pushback. And so I think that if he would have touted more of his accomplishments that are verifiable, I think he would have came out a lot stronger. And I would like to see that going forward from him. Uh-huh.
0: When I finished watching the, the debate, I thought a couple things. I thought, well, I think Trump and his team probably expected Biden to be a lot worse than he right. was. And we don't have to go into how Biden actually performed much better than people expected, like how that was possible. but. Right. He did. He ex- he performed better than expected. And I think Trump and his team kind of probably went into it thinking he's going to be a train wreck and this is going to be easy. Oh. And so I think he needs to probably go back, regroup, and get some really good sound bites that he can interject throughout the night. Because when Trump is optimistic about America, when he's positive about America, I think that's when he's at his best. And that's when he's at his most unifying. And because the debate kind of devolved into these like little cheap shots and stuff. I don't think he had some moments like Biden did looking directly into the camera at the American people. And whether you believe him or not, that is an effective um, skill to do. I think Trump needs to do some more of that Mm -hmm. positivity type stuff to really rally people and unify them like he has done at his various Fourth of July speeches or whatever, where you feel like America is a big banner. Everyone can be a part of it. If you love America, you have a chance to succeed. So I think he could do a little more on that. And um, I think that he, you know, this is the challenge. If you look at Biden's calendar from September, he's calling a lid almost half the days in September around 9am or something. So he, mm-hmm. the calling a lid means his team's not going to be out and about doing anything all day. He's not going to take interviews. He's not going to be anywhere. So he mm-hmm. probably spent most of September planning for, or, you know, uh, debate prep. Uh, Whereas yeah. Trump has a country to run, you know, like yeah. he's got stuff to do. You know, he's not like, you know, going into a room, practicing for the debate all the time. And mm-hmm. I think they probably need to do a little more practice, get a little more sharp and come back ready for, Uh, you know, the second debate, which there's only one more. So we'll see how it goes. And then I did hear that. And I think this actually makes Biden look weaker. They want to change the rules of the second debate to where they could even potentially turn off mics if the candidates don't stop interrupting each other. And I think that's I think that makes Biden look like he couldn't handle it. And now he needs new rules so that he can't get interrupted. So that (laughs)
2: it ain't Trump asking for new rules.
0: Right so that's um, another thing
2: too and, and this is just my man code if it, if it if it doesn't you know gel with anyone else that's fine this is just my code of courage people said trump looks like a bully i don't understand how grown men bully other grown men that's just not an ideology i subscribe to i you know somebody you can say someone attacked someone or you can say someone was on the offense or whatever but um, grown men shouldn't get bullied by other grown men yeah. um you can say trump was too harsh you could say he was going too hard doing too much but The idea that another adult male is bullying another adult male in a debate Mm -hmm. is just not the type of ideology or manhood that I subscribe to, for the record.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And if you can't handle Trump in a debate, how are you going to handle Kim Jong-un or President Xi of China or Putin? How are you going to
2: handle Rocket Man?
0: Killers. You know, so it's like, oh, you need some new rules for your debate because you're you're feeling hurt or whatever. But no.
2: Right.
1: Right.
0: It's not a good look.
1: At all. Uh, yeah, and what I would like to see in the next debate, uh, because I want President Trump to beat Biden, um, I definitely want Trump to have a better showing. Um, I want him to, um, people under underestimate, uh, you know, and I've, I've said this in plenty of conversations we had, like, you can create more jobs with rhetoric, you know money belongs here, you know, the jobs belong here, we need to make America great again. You don't think, like, billionaire C- CEOs who can, like, you know, not just make make money but also be like, yeah, we can do this here or blah, blah, blah. If you don't think that stuff doesn't go far, mm-hmm. then you, I don't think that we're looking at it the same way. I do believe that um, him appealing to the American people, he's done that. You know, mm-hmm. the whole make American great again, if it wasn't so skewed by – such racial foolery, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, I wanna remind black people you do live in America, I don't know if you've (laughs) noticed. And the freedoms that are offered, of course there's some, you know, situations, you always have racism to some degree, but the degree that you think is out there where LeBron James is scared to go outside because he's gonna get killed by the police, is not a reality. You can succeed here, we have succeeded here. Billions of black billionaires, Uh, i mean billions of black billionaires many black billionaires uh and millionaires many um women who are millionaires and successful like you can do it here saying that to say trump needs to go back to the basics appealing to people you don't have to go up there and try to snatch biden's soul trump listen (laughs) trump if you're listening to us i know (laughs) know he's a little man to you and i know you feel like he's little a little man to you but trump you got more on the line than snatching Biden's <laughs> soul, okay? So stay focused, appeal to the people, talk right. about the good things that you, that you have done and that you're going on to do. And you've been, you've been trying to appeal to minorities. So don't stop now. You know, I, one, one other thing, when he talked about black people, they asked him about him and he went to law and order. I understand why he went to law and order to come to some degree when you see Antifa and the Black Lives Matter stuff, but just chill out. <laughs> you, they, had law, they had a law and order, a law and order segment. you're going to get to. Talk about black. You like talking about you know, appealing to these things because you feel like you're doing a good job standing on those things. I think a lot of people are listening to that. Not everybody's going to listen to that. You're always going to be a raging racist, orange Hitler to some people, but Trump, some people are listening. Just get up there and do your thing, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Good stuff.
0: Yeah, and President Trump, if you're listening, we're available to come to the White House. Yes. Um, we're available to be paid on staff, like whatever you whatever, need. Right, whatever you need. Yeah, we got whatever you. Whatever
1: you need, we got you.
0: Um,
1: if we are reasonable, we'll help you. We'll hold you accountable and you know what I mean? Come on. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> let, this, uh, let this podcast serve as a prophecy of the moment we said that we would be at the White House.
2: Uh, right, we're going.
0: Right? Um, but yeah guys, so we uh, we got two debates left. next week is uh, the vice presidential debate and then we have one more between Biden and Trump and by, t- by the time that this podcast comes out, it's gonna be like 30 days to the election. So we're getting down to it uh, so wow And you know interestingly that enough we're, hit
2: we're, just now
0: Like 30 days, right And um, it's Whoa. getting crazy. And also we're coming up on our, Getting close, one year anniversary of this podcast in about a month or two.
1: Yeah, nice. just this morning I was looking up some of our past episodes. I said, "What, nine months ago?" Yeah, on the YouTube, you know, what I mean, it says like you know we posted it nine months ago. I'm right. like, wow, yeah, our first uh, episode was Woke Thanksgiving.
0: Woke Thanksgiving, right? That's true.
1: Wow, very and cool. That episode is still getting plays to this day. Hey, and I'm like, very man, cool. this, this this episode still climbs. Dang. Right.
2: I think think our voices are needed in this space. And I don't don't say that because they're our voices. It's just, I I think we're speaking for more people uh, than we realize. I think there are a lot of people in different capacities, um, you know, whether it be music, entertainment, or just everyday life, Mm -hmm. who actually are resonating with what we're kicking. And, you know, sometimes when you're out here fighting your fight in your neighborhood or your community or your school or your job, you do feel alone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you really, you feel like an alien. I mean, it's like that being a Christian. It could be like that being any from any segment of life. But I, I do believe that we are um, reflecting values that people want to hear about. And so it, it's been a pleasure uh, to serve with you guys.
0: Yeah, amen. And we appreciate the support of our listeners. And we appreciate you sharing this with people, uh, you know, especially people of all different ideologies. Because I've one thing I do appreciate, maybe the most of the comments that we get are people who are like, I came into listening to this skeptical. I actually don't agree with everything that you guys said, but I can tell that you, you know, you try to honor the Lord. You try to tell the truth from your perspective and, and how yeah. you feel. And yeah. I feel that you're balanced and you don't do it in an ugly way because politics can get so ugly. And so, you know, I appreciate when people share this with people who might not even agree with us because you know, we're just, we're doing the best we can. And I'm um, just trying to honor the Lord in this as well. This is you know, conservative politics from a Christian perspective. and uh, we, we love doing this, at least I do, and I, I enjoy I it. It. part of this for sure.
2: Amen. And don't buy any, into any of that crap that politics shouldn't divide people. If yeah. somebody votes for slavery, you' still going to be their friend?
1: <laughs> right? No.
2: politics is values so just like just like morality divides people it's just to what degree if you stole a stick of gum i'm gonna be like come on bro what you doing and we can still go have coffee right but like if you robbed the bank and then you murdered the witness like (laughs) i mean like are levels so i won't say every facet of politics if i believe in school vouchers and charter schools and you believe in public education and teachers unions we may not we can still go hang even have play dates absolutely but you know what if you support abortion up to nine months not just letting it slide if you support that and you vote for that there may be a wedge between us and so i don't have this rule that because you know it's like it was used to be political to say that like you don't let politics divide politics is values so it all depends on what politics we're talking about because if you vote for slavery we're not friends i'm sorry
1: yeah and um that's my final thought Right, right. So y'all both gave final thoughts, basically. So I'll go ahead and give final thoughts and just say, like, uh, you know, um, be encouraged to be verbal about where you stand politically. Um, I do believe that it can be uh, uh, a basis of being smart and somewhat it could also be cowardice. So be be careful, you know, Mm -hmm. that you are not crystal clear on your political leanings when you want to be. And sometimes people are like literally just capping um, and lying of their political affiliations because they don't want to really put out there mm. what they want to put out there. Look, you can lose you can lose something. You know, I've lost, you know, a little bit by uh, what I'm doing. Certain people in my spectrum of Christian hip hop music don't answer the phone no more. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, different type of promoters and blah, blah, blah. But I ain't gonna mention names. But the fact of the matter is that, um, you know, I'm free. Be free. When people disagree with you, they disagree with you. But at least be free. And stand on what you stand on. And at the end of the day, it is about helping people. I don't want, again, I don't want people out here, especially the people that I wake up and, and, and walk with every single day, scared for their lives because um, a political person is in office and they, they want to convince you that he's out to uh, make you a slave again and all this bullcrap. So be encouraged, y'all. Those are my final thoughts. Right. And um, it's right who left y'all. And we, uh, we really love you guys.
2: And don't vote for slavery.
1: Yeah, never. If you do, you ain't black. Try a good job. Uh, I Biden Jr. <laughs> All right <laughs>